0: I am Push, and today we are joined by two of the members of indie rock group Long Range Hustle. We are joined by Paul Brogy and Jay Foster, and Long Range Hustle recently released a brand new album. It is a mouthful, but it is also an earful of good sounds. It is entitled, I Am Alive, But Only If You Say I Am. That is exactly what we are here to discuss today with my guests. How's it going today, Paul and Jay? It
1: is going well. <laughs> going awesome, man. Thanks for the, the massive intro. That was big. It makes me feel so special.
0: Hey, we gotta bring it in big. Gotta forget that hype, right?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, and it's an album that I am loving, so it's pretty easy to get some hype behind it. These 10 tracks front to back this i have been listening to this album for like a week straight here i am loving it so much and i just want to dive into things and first thing that i need to know is your 2019 album town came out in about february about 3 years ago now and you guys were on the road you were touring you were going heavy but then of course as with all of us the world sort of shut down we had to adapt so i want to know at what point did this new album actually begin to take form? Are you guys writing songs while you were on the road or did you begin to write after you sort of got stuck at home? I mean,
2: we, the start of a lot of the songs on this new record were developing through that sort of 2019 town era. We were touring really heavily, but when we weren't touring, we were getting together to start jamming the new record because we already knew at that point that we had a, a stack of songs that we wanted to work on and we I, you know in December 2019 we were already making those concrete plans for the next record we had everything mapped out uh <laughs> and ready to go and then you know
1: come. Studio, the studio was like seconds away from being booked we had our we had a producer in place we were like same team as last time let's just get ready let's do it again let's do it in May. And then it was like all our demos were ready and we were just sort of getting ready, finishing lyrics. I mean, we're very slow at finishing our lyrics. So a good portion of those were written after the fact in the pandemic. But yeah, most of the songs started well before. So it was quite a shock. (laughs)
0: Okay. So you guys were like ready to get into the studio, put things in motion. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, I guess we've got some extra time now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which ended up, I think all things considered might've been uh, might've been a boon.
1: Yeah. For the songs, like specifically the outcome of the songs, a little bit more time to uh, reflect and to work on the songs and, and, think about form and arrangement and stuff, I think probably did help us. I think we were, we were pretty burnt out after like a year or so of, of trying to tour as much as possible. So to be honest, yeah, I think a little bit of a break was, would have been nice, but a two-year break. <laughs> <laughs> be,
0: careful be careful what you, what you ask stuff. for, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, So of course, with that two-year period and you mentioned that, through a little bit of the pandemic, the lyrics were still being uh, formed, maybe changed a little bit. So did the energy that you were trying to capture at the beginning of this album's creation sort of shift
2: with that? I mean, I don't know if the the whole energy shifted, but I, I think the outcome was that when we did sort of you know, to juxtapose with town, when we recorded town, we mapped out some demos, sent them to uh, Tony, our producer in Scotland. And he sent us some quick notes. "Hey, had the, the bridge of this song is garbage, write a new one. Or, th- you know, things of that nature. And we would then meet in the studio and in the sort of firestorm process, work on all the songs, cut stuff, add stuff, record it, bam, done. And we were sort of gearing up to do that again. It's a real trial by fire album construction process. And what I think changed was suddenly we had all this time. And instead of just sitting on our hands and going, well, let's wait until we uh, can do the firestorm <laughs> years later, we, we were like, well, what can we do with this time? And so we had, had the luxury of picking things apart at a much more granular level than than we normally would be able to
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think tony uh our our producer uh, is um tony dugan and uh he's located in scotland so we were sort of like at the beginning of the pandemic it was supposed to be two weeks and then we were like yeah maybe we'll have to push back our may date and then we were like oh can we do it in the fall and then it lasted for another month or so and we were, and I think collectively, I think we, we both, between Tony and ourselves, were like, do we just do this thing no matter what? Let's, let's set a date, and if I can come, I'll be there, and if I can't, we'll figure it out. And I think that was sort of a point where we were like, all right, so do we sit here and wait around, or do we finish these songs and keep moving forward? And I think our our decision was always going to be Let's keep moving forward because we, we can always write more songs. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's generally how it happened.
0: All right. So you guys were already somewhat used to sending the demos and everything to Tony, but it wasn't the whole process. This was That's what changed a little bit here.
2: Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think we started an entire process where we would meet on Zoom like we're doing now, like everyone does all the time now. And Tony has his studio in Glasgow and would bring our demos up in his control room and start picking them apart sort of with us on a side screen. And we would talk through each song for for the course of a day, and he would be making adjustments in the sort of Pro Tools project file. And we'd try some things out and hack things together, which is, is really... Not dissimilar to what we would do in the studio with him, but at a leisurely pace, like, uh, yeah, comparatively. I mean, to have a whole day to sort of sit and toy with things and know that you aren't going to have to record that idea for the actual record five minutes after you have concocted whatever sort of arrangement uh, you're talking about. We had the luxury to pick things apart and then sit with them knowing that, well, we're still not going to record for months. So we can we can take those ideas and further refine them and further distill them down and make sure that everything is sort of working well together.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. So, of course, when it comes to. Everything had to adapt. You guys can't once again get back out onto the road and begin to hype. Hey, we have a new album coming. So you spend most of 2021 releasing a lot of music videos, putting a lot of singles out. So what exactly was the uh, thought behind? OK, so we'll put the album maybe a year out and that game planning portions. What was sort of that like for you guys?
1: That was a. Uh... That was like, a, I mean, it was frustrating for everyone. But I think for us, it was like we had finished recording it and getting it mastered by the end of 2020. And we were sort of maybe banking, you know, maybe the summer of 2021, we could start touring again because we, we didn't know at the time. And so we were like, let's start putting some singles out in February. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think it was end of January, something like that. And by the time the summer hits, we'll have, you know, four, three, four, five songs out and we'll, we'll put the album out and we'll go on tour. And then, so we started, we started putting the singles out and we're lucky enough that we were able to make a music video for every video. Our drummer is an absolute beast and learned how to make music videos all of a sudden through the pandemic. So that was great. But our initial plan was not to put out pretty much every song one at a time. It just the goalpost keeps getting moved further back, you know? And I think everyone understands that at this point for sure. Uh-huh.
0: So it's sort of just based on, okay, where what's the rest of the industry on? Okay, maybe we'll, we'll put the album back. Well just another single for now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that really is pretty pretty much how it worked. And and we are really lucky that uh, AJ did the the videography work that he did because Every time we would go, OK, this is when the record will come out. Never mind. We'll not do that. Let's make another music video and put that out instead. Mm-hmm. be able to, to lean on that treasure trove of, uh, of videography skill was, was huge. Otherwise, I don't really know what we would have done
1: yeah like we we were all we were sort of being we were doing live shows at lunchtime for like every day for a month or so through like the start of the pandemic because at the time paul and i were living together and we were figuring out how to do live shows better on the internet and i think like it would have been bleak by the end of it because <laughs> i don't know if anyone else realized but Like live streaming shows aren't that fun to watch on the internet, even if there's great sound and good, good like videography. It's after a certain amount of time, you're like, I would much rather just be there in person.
0: (laughs) Just what? When can we get this in a pub? Come on, yeah, I know. The taps
1: at my house
0: just don't put out the same quality of liquid. Come on. Oh, fantastic. And of course, you mentioned the amazing videography uh, and that has uh, helped to tell the story of this album and sort of AJ's hand in that. And you can sort of see the growth through each video and like the skill as well, sort of leading up to your guys's most recent video, which released, I believe, the same day as the album for Election Night there. And that video is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Like, it's actually. I, I feel the same way. I'm just so proud of uh, of AJ and his like ability to direct and edit that whole thing. I mean, he was working with a, a good friend of ours, Josh or Josh Holly. No, it's not Josh. <laughs> I always do that. Josh Holly is <laughs> like a some guy, some politician somewhere. That's not very <laughs> cool. Uh Jack Holly. There we go. Yeah, he's he's based out of Toronto and he's so good. Uh he's a great videographer and, and a director himself. So those two working together was was fantastic on this one.
2: AJ? I think for years leading up to 2021, 2020, 2020, <laughs> there was always this guy who had crazy ideas for music videos. Yeah, and yeah. When we were when we were doing town, he'd go, Oh, I have this I have this idea for a music video. We should be playing on a tv screen and then we'll like come out of the tv like the ring uh or you know but we were we were always like i mean yeah that'd be cool but that sounds like expensive who would who would do that we would have to pay people to make that video and you know we're an indie band the video budget is not massive and so i think for some reason that like switch went in his brain where he's like well then if if we can't get some production company to do this i will learn how to do it from scratch and and like you were saying you can really like see the progression of his skill over over the course of this record where the early videos i mean were were really good but like much simpler And you can sort of see him progress with his, like, expanding skill set all the way to election night, which was this multi-day shoot, multi-location. We were able to get actors in to play the politician and the politician's wife. And watching him on the, the shoot days was such a cool experience because, I mean, he's a fantastic drummer and musician, but he had this whole other presence where suddenly he wasn't AJ the musician he was AJ the director striding confidently around the set being like all right we need camera one on this place I don't know anything about cinematography so he's a bunch of cinematography sounding stuff
1: yeah camera lens Sticking maybe a, a walking shot this way yeah he was more lenses oh my <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's it is even like you say, it's maybe simpler at the beginning, but way better than I could do. And it's and then you get to the end of it. And then like, yeah, with election night, you've got like the cuts and the scenes and like the storytelling. And like when you get to the end and it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And like the timing of it all with the music and everything, it just amplifies and it almost makes it like its own, like, more less of a music video and almost like a little mini movie
1: yeah 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 i mean even the length it's like a long song so it does end up sort of look looking and feeling like a like a short short film it's kind of nuts
2: you when you have when you have that uh six minute runtime, you are able to sort of build a whole story in a way that's a lot harder if you're if you're doing like a two and a half minute three minute long song for sure Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So of course we talked about the uh, visual aspects of this song, and of course I'd love to uh dive behind the musical the lyrical aspects of everything as well. So is it a the music video a uh, fairly like direct representation of what the lyrics are of this song or do the lyrics sort of touch on something else here?
2: Yeah, I mean the the song is written as I guess like an an allegory but the the video is tracking the sort of direct story of the song pretty faithfully the song is this story about a politician and a wife who have a relationship that sort of crumbles under the weight of his ambition and it's not a it's not a relationship that is Bad or toxic or abusive. It is one of two people who want the best for each other, but realize that the price that they would have to pay to to achieve whatever the sort of electoral dreams this this candidate has uh, is simply too high to to be able to maintain that relationship. And you sort of watch as they make the decision where where he says, "You know what? I, I'm going to go for this," and she realizes that this is is probably just the end and so you know it's it's uh it's meant to be tragic and and bittersweet and the build-up through that bridge to the end where you you cut back through all of these flashbacks watching their sort of entire relationship over the span of months or years it's a it's a little ambiguous and leading up to that final moment where the confetti goes off and he wins and that is that sort of point of no return and then she walks out the door so it it is really following the the content of of the story pretty closely yeah and i I love the uh quote
0: at the end of the uh music video there as well with the uh maybe with enough practice we could become better strangers
2: yeah that that's it's funny that was part of a little post postlude epi- epigraph um <laughs> type, of, uh, type of thing that I had this idea for a little in the same way that that beeswax on the record has this little post song memorandum I had 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 this idea for a little musical Memorandum that closes out election night. And then it didn't really make sense with the way that the song ended after we we sort of fleshed it out and it falls away to those oohs. And it really didn't make sense to have something like start up and do a little do a little tag on that. So so it didn't end up going anywhere. But when AJ was making the video, he was looking up the lyrics which we sort of have on a, a Google Drive somewhere. And he saw that little bit at the end of it. And he was like, is this in the song? Where, like, where does this go? And it got cut, but I'll, I'll tack it onto the end of the video. So it got a little second life.
0: Yeah, I was trying to listen for it inside the song and I couldn't pick it out of the lyrics. So I was sort of wondering, where was this born out of? <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, you guys, we mentioned that this video released the same day as the album. And of course, you also had the opportunity to play an album release a party the same night, I believe, as well. How was it like to finally return to the stage, bring these new songs to the fans?
1: Man, it was crazy. Honestly, uh, we, we played a few shows in November when things were lifted up a little bit and that felt really great but there was always like this looming like we got the album's coming out in february like hopefully we can have a show and uh and literally like i think it was like three weeks beforehand we got the show but up until that point we were like we were like i guess we'll have to do a live stream because we don't have any choices like we were trying to get into different venues and no one was like saying yes or no and we were like, "Oh no! Like we're gonna have to do this thing as a live stream." And then we we're like, "You know what? Let's not do a live stream. We'll do a live listen through with our fans." And then all of a sudden, like Avin texted us, like, "Do you want to do Lee's like on the same day of the release?" We're like, "What? Yes! <laughs> oh my god!" And I think it was just such a—it was so lucky, and the night itself was like extremely special. It's the first time we've headlined Lee's, and it was pretty packed in there, and people were singing along to all the songs that we had released throughout the year. And it was, it was just a wild experience. So
2: for um, for a whole process, like this entire album release cycle has been marred by setbacks and things not working and having to cancel things and to finally have something click. And like where everything comes together in the perfect way was so not how this record has gone up until now. And so it really did feel like there was a little bit of karma coming our way after after such a long and difficult album cycle. To have everyone there celebrating it with us was, like Jay was saying, it was really something special.
0: Yeah, what are the chances that like, three weeks out, like, I mean, normally when the world is completely open, the chances of booking Lee's three weeks out are, like, ex- like not existent at all, right? And then just to, like, it, have it just fall in your lap. Like, hey, man, you want to do that? Absolutely! What? <laughs>
1: Did you even know that we had an album coming out? It just was like, oh, my God, you were so lucky. Oh, my
2: goodness. Wow. The night itself was unbelievable uh we it, it is a very cool feeling to headline a room that you've seen so many of, of like your favorite bands play in before you know i remember seeing winter sleep play an unbelievable show there
1: and they put out the great detachment uh, that was their album yeah. show. and I, I was like yeah
2: it was it, it's a really cool thing to sort of feel like you are on that stage and and like you you kind of belong there Mm -hmm. and it's not that you feel out of place but you get to that spot where you walk out on onto stage in that moment and you really do feel like ah I'm right where I'm supposed to be (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. You have nerves, just the like days leading up to it. But that one moment,
2: like right beforehand, you're like, no,
0: I'm good. All right, yeah. let's go.
2: I was, I was the day of, I was very frayed nerves. And and even sitting in the, in the green room, sort of up in that corner room uh, beside the stage leading up to it. I was like, I, is everyone going to leave? Like it, everyone could just, Walk out the door before we get on stage. That could still happen.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the, it's like the abusive relationship we had with this pandemic of like, are you going to let, you going to let us do the thing? No? Oh, okay. Sorry. It's so close. <laughs> as, though, yeah.
2: as though like the, you know, the owner of Lee's runs on a stage and is like, wait, 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 wait. It was a mistake. Obviously you we weren't supposed to play this
1: show. What, <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs>
0: long range hustle no we thought we booked hustle long range dang it
2: so you know it was it was a really cool cool experience to to actually get to walk out on that stage and, and have everyone sing the songs with us and and go a little you know a little bit crazy
1: yeah they got pretty reckless it was great
0: Uh, I love it. And I love that you guys had that opportunity. And I've had a blast of diving behind this new album. I have a one last question for you both. Are you ready for it? Mm -hmm. All right, perfect. So of course, we've talked about the process of this album, just sort of just exactly that. It's getting there, having it taken away just this past two, three years of Finally, uh, getting here to "I Am Alive," but only if you say "I am." And what I would like to know now is, through this time, how exactly has it helped each of you to either grow as a person, or what has it taught you about yourself?
1: That's a really tough one. I mean, it's not tough, but it's it's heavy. I feel like I've changed a lot over the last couple of years.
2: I mean, normally when you make a record, you are when you write a song, I suppose, but the, the whole the whole process of songwriting and recording and, and going from nothing to that that final recorded pro- pro- or uh, product is something inherently introspective, where you are trying to figure something out and figure out how you feel about something. I think I'm I'm ripping off Donovan Woods by saying that you have to be On trying to figure out how you feel when you're creating a song because if you already know how you feel about it then you didn't need to write the song in the first place yeah and so I think that was doubly so for this record because the process of making the record is is inherently introspective but doing it at a time when you sort of were forced by the environment and the circumstances of the world to sit by yourself and think about your life, uh, sort of amplified that to an extreme degree.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also why you're asking what we, what we've learned over that period of time. I think the, um, the name of the album, uh, it's like a, it's one of the lyrics in Comeback kid, but I am alive, but only if you say I am, it's sort of, like the first time I heard that line, it hit me really hard because I feel like being alone that, that throughout that whole two year period, being stuck inside, not being able to interact, that line just became more and more poignant, and I think what we what I've sort of learned, because I spend a lot of time alone and <laughs> you know if we're writing songs and, and pursuing artist artistic pursuits we're, we're very much. Like Paul said, in an introspective mode, and I think the name of that album hits hard because you realize, like, you do need you do need to share your life for it to be something that that happened. It's sort of like if a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? Like, if you haven't shared your your passions and your 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 insecurities, or or shared your joy, or sharing your life with some with other people then then did you really live like i think that's sort of it's not exactly the context of the line in the album or in the song but i think for the album we're sort of it's sort of like a cry out to like like i'm alive but only if if we're gonna do this together so i think that's sort of like something i I really hit home through this this whole album period
0: wow That's deep. That's powerful. Just showing that, that lack of connection these past few years and just realizing what we had and maybe it's, we need to stop taking that for granted.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Share your, share your life with someone. Come on, let's go.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm the (laughs) only person in this room right now. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I have had an absolute blast chatting with you both, Paul and Jay, about this new album here today on the DTP. Thank you both so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us, man.
0: Alright and Bush, you can go ahead and find Along Arrange Hustles a brand new album. I am alive, but only if you say I am, right now. Over on your favorite music streaming service, you can go ahead and find the amazing music videos that accompany this album, including the one we spoke about here today, Election Night, and I highly suggest you do that. I also highly suggest that you follow the band on your favorite social media, so you can stay up to date with upcoming tour dates and anything else that's going on in the world of L.R.H. Oh, yes. With that, it's time to thank Paul and Jaya one last time here for joining us on today's episode of the DTP. We have to thank Sam from over at Indoor Recess for setting up today's conversation. We have to thank German from Ypeditor.com for being the audio wizard he is and for making it all sound so good. We couldn't do it without you, so we need to thank you, the Ambush, for tuning on in today. If you've yet to join up with the AM. it's as subscribing to the DTP. You can also help us out by sharing today's episode, giving us a five-star review, and by heading on over to www.deserttiger.shop to copy yourself something to represent the show. And it's about that time we say our final bye-bye, but not before I tell you, go out, find your Aurora and then let it out into the world you force of nature you fierce being you until next time and push
1: the desert tiger podcast